1: Live in Nashville for the NHL draft, a full week of shows. I'm so fired up. I can barely sit down with the lead. The lead today is that I have a new co-host and it's Jason Greger, all brought to you by the brick. Gregor. thanks for hopping in the whole week of shows. We're going to have a good time, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. We are, uh, yeah, we're going to have, we have a lot to get to today. There do we is a
2: grab, just wait, do we have to like, what's the rules on your pod? Do I see you like grabbing the stand? What's the rules The here?
1: thing is, there are no rules. Sometimes I'll sit all with right. it back here, okay. leave it up there. It really doesn't matter. Aaron's at the controls. You'll make sure okay. uh, we sound good. All Gregor's right. appearances all week on Oilers Nation every day, brought to you by The Brick. Not only do they have the best deals on indoor furniture, but they have what you need to make a perfect patio. It's summertime. You want to kick back? You throw TV outside, put a Jays game on. That's always a nice way to enjoy a weekend. The Brick's got the patio furniture to make it happen. They do.
2: It's awesome. Also highly recommend the stand-up desk. Game changer. Gregor almost didn't do this show because we didn't have a stand-up desk for him. True. It was a contentious sort of, negotiation point.
1: The Brick obviously isn't in Nashville right now. <laughs> uh, we are in Nashville. The Sports Closet Studio is on the road and we are here as well because it's all possible. Our friends at AMA Travel, they can make your summer vacation as smooth and flawless as our trip down here to Nashville. We had a direct flight down. Our hotel is awesome. It's got a pool up on the top level. I forgot my swim trunks, borrowing some from Gregor later this week, but either way, we're going to get after it. That's (laughs) not happening. We're going to have a good time. Frank Cervall, going to stop by as well. He's just on the other side of this door that I'm looking at. Sweating. (laughs) Yeah, he's sweating. It is hot, in Nashville, uh, mid-30s, kind of all week here as the NHL convenes for not just the draft, but the awards as well. We got a short four-giant offseason question we'll dig into in just a little bit as well. This is my second NHL draft that I covered. The first was last year in Montreal. How many have you covered now?
2: Oof, I think this is 15 or 16, I think. What
1: was your first one?
2: Do you remember? 2006. Coming, yeah. Because obviously, the uh, the Crosby one was in the uh, the hotel where there was no one there after the uh, lockout. So, and it's funny, the first one I covered in two thousand six was in Vancouver, which is the last time both the awards and the draft were in the same city. Hmm,
1: that is interesting. I love that they're both in the same spot. Oh, the whole league coming together—it's the way to do it. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, no, you have, you have obviously a lot of the big name NHL players, which usually aren't in the draft. So, I think for a lot of the draft eligible kids, yeah. It's pretty exciting, you know. You got Carlson and McDavid and everybody else who will be here tonight. That's that's a big deal for a lot of the young players because you got. Yeah, I think people forget. Like, yeah, Connor Bedard and all them. You know, they're seventeen. They're eighteen years of age, and you know, those are the guys they look up to. And all of a sudden, you know, you get to meet them, and it's it's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You mentioned all the drafts you've covered throughout the years. How about this on this date in twenty sixteen or sorry twenty fifteen, Peter Chiarelli. Pulled off the big move. The Griffin Reinhardt trade happened on this day eight years ago. Were you there for that
2: one? Oh God, man. I I still remember being like, pardon. That was like the minute that trade was made, there was not, you know, looking back, people saying, Oh, it's a good trade. Like it was the, the odds of that trade being successful or Emerson were incredibly low. And, You know, you could play the what if game for a long time and order fans. They probably don't want to bring it up. It's like ripping off a scab. That's probably never fully healed because you think of all the potential and take out Matt Barzell because I don't think they ever would have taken Matt Barzell. Eric's behind dry side McDavid right now. Eric's. What about Kyle Connor? What about Thomas Shabbat? What about Travis Connecting? Like you go Brock Besser. Like go down the list of guys who went from the, the 16 spot to 25. And there, there was lots of really good options. Samsonov was a goaltender taken in there. So, you know, there was, there was a lot of really good players. And, and the fact that they felt that Reinhardt was going to be better than not only that pick, but also the second round pick. Like it was, that was a real big head scratcher.
1: Yeah, I remember at the time you were covering the draft. I was working my retail job at the moment uh, because it was the McDavid draft. We'd gotten special approval to start selling orange McDavid gear. Like usually you got to wait till the player plays a game for them to sell the gear and all of that. And then I remember seeing that trade come down and Hamannick was in the rumor mill at the time. Yeah. And he ended up going to Calgary for a lesser package. But I remember when I saw the Oilers are trading 16. I was like, oh my God, they're going to get Hamannick. They're going to get someone else from the Islanders as well. I thought it was good. And then you saw Reinhart, and you're like, huh. All right. It was, it was underwhelming at the time. I think a lot of people tried to look at it with like an optimistic, like, okay, fourth overall pick needs a change of scenery, knew the Edmonton market from his junior days. It just flat out didn't work. Um, we always joke that every big mistake the organization made before 2015, you can maybe say like Yakupov, whatever, bad trades, bad signings. It was fine because the butterfly effect. It all yeah. led to Connor McDavid. Any of the mistakes after McDavid are just
2: painful. Well, and there was a stretch, not not to relay because Order fans yeah. are excited about this. Uh, not so much this draft. I don't think there's. I don't think there's going to be a ton mm-hmm. of action for the Orders. They don't have a first rounder. Um, I'd be stunned if they uh, traded up. I think there's a much better chance of them trading down. But I also, if you had to guess on what I think's the best odds, I still think they're going to make the pick. There's yeah there's a lot of players like you look and, and if you go at need for the organization, they need a right shot. They need a right shot puck moving defense, but I know they're going to say what they have Bouchard. Yeah. Who else do they have in the organization? Keep in mind the second round pick they take today is somebody who might be helping them in five or six years realistically. So I look for a right shot puck moving defense, but in the second round or, or right winger, I think ideally now if there's a center that they clearly have better then that's who they're going to take. But, uh, there are some uh, some right shot defensemen you could look for in the second round.
1: And we're going to talk about that today throughout the week as well. As always, we are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube right now where Top Cheese was in with the first comment of the day. Bring Sam Gagne back. It's not happening, but we always read the first comment of the day on the show. Uh, Bring Cassian home is in with one that I want to chew on here. Odds for Stuart Skinner to win the Edmonton Oilers first Calder Trophy in franchise history. Uh, you're someone who votes on the awards. I do not. I think there is a case for Stuart Skinner. Just when you look at, without him, this Euler season looks a lot different. In the regular season, like, if Skinner doesn't come in in November there, Greg's this Edmonton year could have gotten off the rails in a hurry. He played a big, big role in them, almost winning the division, almost winning the conference. His number's very, very good for a rookie goalie. But there's also interesting cases for a Beneers and even an Owen Power.
2: Oh, I actually have own power. I'll be, um, well, I have own power first. I don't think that's going to um, spoil anything. <laughs> and it's not going to spoil anybody's odds. I know a lot of people had Matt Beneers. I crunched all the numbers. Matt Beniers had a really good first half. His second half really slowed down. And. Um, when you look at it, just since 2016, he had the 13th most points of any rookie forward. Like he didn't have a great forward year. Well, Owen Power yeah. played the most minutes of any rookie since Drew Dowdy in 2009. When he was on the ice at five on five, the Sabres were plus 17. When he was off the ice, they were minus 24. Ooh. So that's a 41 goal differential difference from a rookie defender who played a lot of tough minutes. Um, I actually had Skinner also ahead of Beneers. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Honestly, I think that's the one award tonight that is, I've talked to a lot of people. I know some people have Skinner number one, right? Others have Meniere's number one. So I don't think it's going to be a landslide victory for anybody. And this could be one of the more uh, tightly contested Calders we've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, it is nice. There are not a lot of awards that are up in the air. And a lot of people in the comments right now are talking about the fact McDavid's going to clean up. Getting the heart, no. getting the Lindsay. Like, we know he won the scoring race as well. He won the rocket Richard. Like, there is going to be a cool photo of Connor McDavid with all this hardware in front of him. But the Vesna's probably locked up. That's probably going to Linus Allmark yeah, as well. I would think so. So the ones we're thinking on are what? Selkie, Calder.
2: Like, Selkie, I look at Patrice Bergeron. It's hard to think that Nico Heischer or Mitch Marner are going to beat him. Yeah. I guess there's a chance. Uh, def- I just think Eric, like Eric Carlson had, when you look at all the numbers, he had a season that very few defensemen in the history of the game have ever had. And I know some are going to try to downplay because the Sharks weren't very good. I'm like, yeah, to me, that's almost more impressive. He was not carried by some elite offensive forward who was helping him get to 100 points. He was the guy carrying the team. Uh, And I watch a lot of Sharks games, obviously, because of my nephew. So I I can tell you that Eric Carlson on a lot of nights, like he was kind of a freedom fighter out there by himself. So I'd be surprised if he lost, to be honest. I'd be quite surprised. I think him and McDavid are winning. Allmark, as you said, are winning. I think Bergeron. The Lady Bing is as a voter, like I talk to players, I try to do as much research. It's a hard one to vote for, to be honest. So I don't, I don't have a feel on, on who's going to win that award. And, um, but the Calder is the one that I'm most intrigued by for sure.
1: Uh, we had briefly lost track of our pal, Liam. It was hashtag Liam hunt 2023 to get him back into the virtual studio. But I do see that we have him there now. So we're going to bring in our boy, Liam, Liam, the chat was clamoring for you. They couldn't believe you weren't down here, but you're with mm-hmm. us in- and with us in fashion. I like that choice of jersey.
3: Yes, I went with the, uh, the right style, the Nashville Sounds jersey. And then I, I said tomorrow off the show, I think tomorrow's a, a cowboy hat day and then we're going to go to the cowboy boots on Wednesday and we'll see what I can cook up for Thursday. Maybe I'll just have some chicken or something on the show.
1: That's not a bad idea. Little little Nashville hot chicken while you do the show uh, live back in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Liam? you think Stuart Skinner can win the Calder?
3: I think he can win the Calder, but it's... I think obviously we're massively biased for him. But I think the story is right yeah, there are. for him, right? If it wasn't for him, like, what would this team really be? Obviously, they uh, outscored their problems on most nights, but some nights Skinner was there to help him out in on most occasions, too. What right? do you have, like, 29 wins this season? And especially with the way Jack Campbell was, his inconsistencies, like, Skinner, for me, has got a big fight for it. Like, uh, Matty Benias, I, I agree with what Greg said, like, the second half of the season was very inconsistent. And then Owen Power, I mean, he had a great season in Buffalo as well. So I, it's a tight one. It's just the one that you really have no idea what is going to happen.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting here. Let's get to our Sherwood Ford Giant offseason question of the day. And I'll get your, uh, your thoughts on it as well, Liam, uh, before we get back to things. But the question today for our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant throughout the month of June. Remember, you go make a test drive. Boom. They make a donation to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. What do we see first? From the Oilers this week, Liam, is it going to be their selection of pick 56 on day two of the draft? Or do you think we could maybe see a trade before that? If you had to bet, what do you say is move number one for Ken Holland in Nashville?
3: Uh Is it crazy to think move number one is trading down? I think that could probably be more likely. Like, it's with that, the Yamamoto deal, I think, over them picking someone, I could, I could see them trading down slightly to maybe early in the third, later on, I guess, in the second as well, just to try and gain some more picks. So I would put my money on that.
1: Uh, Jason, do you think we see a move before the Oilers step up to the draft table?
3: Well, when you consider
2: the timeline, the buyout window closes on Friday, which means you have to be put on waivers for the purpose of a buyout on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I would say yeah. now Yamamoto usually trades of non-elite players. and There's been lots of day two trades right and and Kyler Yamamoto to me is is a prime candidate for somebody who's going to get traded now don't expect a huge return because it's essentially going to be a salary dump for the Edmonton orders it you know it might be for futures it might be for a late pick i think that's that's all it's going to be um you know Kyler Yamamoto is, is a player who has nhl skill right he's got the concerns with his size right that's that's just yep. a fact now the injuries as well like yep. that's a concern and the other wild card is you know, Warren Fogle, because I think ideally they want to free up cap space. Those are only two options. If it's me and you're asking me who I would trade first, it's Yamamoto all day long. Yeah, me too. Just because I think come playoff time, I think Yamamoto could outscore Fogle in the regular season. I think Fogle's game is built better to have more success in the postseason. So.
1: Also $305,000. that For an Oilers team that is sure. right there at the cap, that, that actually is like a pretty important number. That could be the difference between looking at the 12th forward you want to sign and today hey, we got money to give Yanmark whatever it is, or we just got to get someone for league min, or we can't carry that extra piece on the roster, right?
2: Like yeah. that is a big hey, difference. 305 grand, man. Hey, think about it. They, you know, that's almost what they got Nick at after uh, Arizona re- retained some yeah. of his salary. And and they were in LTIR space. If yes. you can
1: work it this year, obviously Smith, Clefbaum, no longer on the books. You're not in LTIR space, which no. makes your life
2: infinitely easier. They plan on starting the season ideally If the cap is 83.5, they'd like to start the season around 82.5 to 82.9. And so give themselves a buffer of space that they can actually accrue some cap space throughout the year. Threw up a little poll in the YouTube chat. So if you're watching there, hit the like button, vote in the poll. What
1: happens first? A Yamo trade. They make pick 56, or we hear news about a potential buyout. Uh, Lance is in Northside. Lance is uh, what he went by on the 1260 text line. He says he wants my opinion on banana bread. Um, I know that was always a contentious thing with you and Strutty on, on the Jason Greger show. I love it. And if you can get it with a little bit of chocolate chips in there, it's wow. an elite way. It can be a snack. It can be a breakfast. It's a versatile food.
2: Well, the thing I found out uh, meeting Steve Ellis last night, who really can't taste a lot of yeah. food, I think Struddy might have the same affliction. <laughs> he just doesn't know. how. Yeah, he just diagnosed. doesn't really yeah. know. Steve's well aware of his. Struddy just doesn't know because some of his, his culinary choices were... Mm. We're more questionable than a Griffin Reinhardt trade. There you go. That
1: is a good way to put it. Our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question. The poll is in the chat. What do we see first from the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, Someone by the username Taves to Edmonton. They gave us their list. They said they want Pesci. They want Brown. They want Taves. I don't think the Pesci deal is going to happen. We're actually hearing rumblings. He might re-up in Carolina, which always felt like it made sense. Like he wanted to be there. Well, they would want him. He's a good player. So I don't think the Pesci thing's going to happen. Connor Brown, who knows? I would love to see it happen. I think the player from his comments on Gazdik's podcast and things like that, the player's clearly interested in coming here. I just cap wise, like it's one thing for Connor Brown to sit here and go, I would love to be an oiler and play next to McDavid. It's a whole different thing. If another team's offering him three by three
2: and Edmonton's offering him the one year bonus deal. So I I had conversations with some people around the scenario with Brown. And so I I think, if he's looking at a, an incentive type of contract, he would strongly consider it with Edmonton and that might be one of the few places. And why? Because I don't know, 97 and 29 would be his two centers and your odds. Now keep in mind the bonus structure that he signed would be very similar to what Patrice Bergeron signed. And if you look at Patrice Bergeron, it was games played. It was a minimum, like it was pretty much a guarantee, right? It's a nice way to just get around the money, but here's the thing for Edmonton. The orders expect to be a, a legit competitor for at least two years likely more. Mm-hmm. So if, you, cause I've seen a lot of order Hey, just sign Brown for a million bonus, gets him up to 3.3. Here's a problem. That means then you have 2.3 of bonus overages that kills your cap next year. It's like dead cap space. You don't want to do that. Not at all. So now you might do it for a little bit. So you try yeah. to break that in the middle and say, okay, Brown, you get a $2 million base. Yeah. So then the bonus overages are only a million dollars, right? So then at least that makes a little bit more sense. Um, I think Connor Brown. Someone might offer him three by three, but he wants to win. He knows Connor McDavid very well, and I think any player in the league. And plus, if if Yamamoto is traded or bought out, before which I, one of the two is happening, I'll mark that down. Yeah. Unless Fogel's dealt, there's one of the two's gone. And I think if Yamamoto's not here, Brown looks at the depth chart on the right wing and is like, "Okay, I got Zach Hyman, and I got Derek, Zach Hyman, and Derek Ryan. I got Zach Hyman, like yeah." So it's. <laughs> It, it to me would make a lot of sense yeah. if he would consider it. Um, I've been told it is something that obviously him and his agent discuss. They know the landscape, right? And it's not because Edmonton doesn't like the player. It simply comes down to cap hit. And also the benefit to Brown on a one-year deal, cap's going to jump up significantly next year. If he knocks it out of the park, yep. you and like, boom, I can, if guys are offering me three times three, I have a good year. I can easily get more next year. Maybe I'm up to 3.8 or four. So I'm actually making more money anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Like we've heard Frank on the DFL rundown. New episode of that is out today as well. Yarm will kick a line and stop by and join the show. Um, you and Frank have talked a little bit about that in the past as well. Like, I don't know. That's ah, tough. It's tough. Let's get into what the chat's saying. A uh, lot of people talking about Carlson. We'll get to that with, uh, with our pal, Frank Saravalli when he stops by as well. A um, lot of people asking about some of the rumors that we've been hearing over the last 48 hours, Gregor. And there is some news we've gotten, but definitely the juice, nuggets are the things that haven't come to fruition. We had Kevin Hayes to St. Louis, which felt like it was going to happen. And then Tory Krug, no trade clause. Things seem to have fallen apart. Pierre-Luc, is the one that I want to talk about because it affects the Oilers in the Pacific Division. Dubois to the Kings if, and it isn't if, according to Frank on Daily Face Off Live, if that happens, is it a good move for the Kings or do you think they're maybe spending
2: in an area where they don't need to be? So here's my question if I'm LA. So when they lost to Edmonton, did they lose because they didn't have a good third line center? I don't think so. No. So I, I don't. We guys, talked about this off nope. the air. Their third line was good in yes, the playoffs. It was very good in the playoffs. So you bring Dubois, and I can see them. There's a little bit of hey, Kopitar's still good, but there's a transition period. So my question is, do you believe that Pierre Luc Dubois is a number one center? So far in his career, he's been a really good number two center. Mm-hmm. Philip Deneau could be a number one center defensively, but he's not a number one center offensively. So you're replacing Kopitar. You have a good plan. But are you upgrading at all? Now, it's hard to do. Let me make that abundantly clear. So it's hard to find legit number one centers. There's not many that I call legit. Now, Dubois could maybe play first line center minutes, but his production's never been what I would call high end. It might be a low end uh, number one center. Now, maybe as he gets older, he gets better. But to me, I understand why they make the trade. But. I don't think it suddenly means that LA is like an infinitely better team. And suddenly they're going to really push Vegas or, or Edmonton. I I don't see that now I could be wrong and maybe Dubois flourishes, but I've seen him. He's been good. He hasn't been dominant.
1: Liam, if, uh, if something were to happen there and Dubois does end up in LA, would that leave you a little bit nervous? Like for me, I'd be infinitely more nervous about the Kings heading into next year. If they got hella, compared to Dubois,
3: Yeah, that's probably fair. I just wonder, like, is Tabois going to resign there? there? Has there been rumors about that? Because he's in Montreal hanging out with Cole Caulfield and then Savard at the Formula One. Like, he's making it very abundantly clear that he wants to be literally nowhere else but Montreal. So I just wonder what this trade would even, would even be surrounding it. But, yeah, I think the Kings have shown this summer already they want to be aggressive and they, they want to compete even more in the Pacific Division and, and not get knocked out by the... Edmonton Oilers again in the first round. But if you can add a, a Connor Hellebuck over a Pierre-Luc Dubois compared to what you already have at the center position, then yeah, I think that's a, a way better upgrade for the LA Kings.
2: Well, Dubois is in Montreal though, because that's his offseason home, yeah. right? So all the talk there yeah. has always been that he yeah. wants
1: to he eventually wants to play in Montreal. And I think part of the issue there is Montreal's going, Why would we pay through the nose for a guy who could be a UFA in a year? But the idea that Dubois could be open to other landing spots is interesting. I mean on, even if you're from Montreal, getting to live and play in L.A. is pretty sweet. Well,
2: I, I, I think any team that's acquiring Dubois is acquiring him knowing that they probably have an extension. Like, yeah. why, why would you acquire him just so he can be a UFA for you? That And if you do that, you're definitely not giving up Gabe Velarde and other pieces that have been rumored. That would mm-hmm. make any sense to me. All right, uh, Frank Cervalli is here. He is
1: ready to rock, and it is all brought to you by Star Mechanical and starmechanical.ca. Stick with us for a few seconds here. We'll be right back with Frank Cervalli.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: All right. It is a crowded set
1: on Oilers Nation every day. Frank Saravalli with a star mechanical little pop in some insider talk here on the week of the draft. Tight quarters. A lot of beef here. A lot of beef here. Yeah, sure. Not personal beef though. No. well, We're all getting along pretty well in our first few days. We had a good dinner. Had a couple of Moscow mules last night. Gregor was drinking the house margaritas.
4: I just popped my hot chicken ch- uh, cherry down here. Where'd you go? I, I, right here in the lobby. Oh. Had a little Nashville hot chicken to start off the week. So we're good. Very so nice. hot.
1: Played it a little mild early. Yeah, it was Nashville mild in. chicken. Waiting okay. in. Uh, NHL awards yeah. tonight for the people who are going to be watching on TV. They're going to get to see some Frank Cervalli. And we're going to get to see some Frank Cervalli eating hot chicken on TV.
4: They are. And it's,
1: and it's live, too. So, like, what live, is live, like, like, live.
4: Like, don't choke on anything. Yeah. Like, like, geez. That's kind of my concern. You think like, Biz they, doing the Heimlich on you? They said don't, uh, you know, they always say don't eat and talk at the same time, let alone eat and talk. Ah. On national international TV, what if I like am eating and I, you know, choke or spit nah. or something?
2: Like it's, and don't chew with your mouth. There's a don't high it.
4: probability to be to have this be mortifying. Hey,
2: don't chew with your mouth open either. Yeah, right. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be good. Those those are our real, you know, big insider tips for you, Frank. <laughs> on eating on
1: national TV. We'll give you the insider tips. We want the insider news from you. Uh, We threw up a poll. We asked everyone, what do they think the Oilers' first move is going to be here in Nashville? Will it be pick 56? Will it be a buyout? Or will it be a Tyler Yamamoto trade? What, What do you think the market's like for Yamamoto right now? Do you think there's a chance we get that news in the next 48 hours?
4: Well, they're trying. I mean, Jason outlined the idea of what they need to get done basically by Thursday. Need to move him before the draft concludes, or else you got to put him on waivers. So, for the buyout purposes, I would say uh, there's a high degree of probability that they try and find a suitor. Like, I wonder if a team like Arizona, again, not a dumping ground for contracts anymore, but is looking to get better. Maybe for a team that's taken a few players off of waivers the last few years, this is kind of the essentially the same idea: is let's get someone that. I still look at Yamamoto and say, this is someone that when healthy
1: has 20 goal potential in this league scored 10 and 58 this year. And a lot of things went wrong.
4: Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm not as down on the player as a lot of other people are, especially in the marketplace, because I think the real truth of what happens in the NHL is that no one wants to give anyone a, a get out of jail free card. Like no one wants to help the Oilers do their business. And so you know, I think that's kind of where the Oilers stand is Ken Holland, I'm told, doubled back over the weekend and was making some calls uh, to try and move Yamamoto.
1: So safe to say that's the first move we can expect from the Oilers. Or do you think they're sniffing around some other areas? I think
4: they are. I think they're nibbling on the edges is what I would call it. I think they're kicking tires to understand what the marketplace looks like to improve at some of the positions that we talked about. And we've talked about kind of the whole offseason. Right
2: fourth line center,
4: fourth line center, maybe third line center, depending on how things shake out with McLeod. I think they want to keep him and like him, but if there's an opportunity to upgrade, he might be one of those guys that ends up being on the move. Um, Certainly wouldn't say it's likely or put him on my trade targets board, but I think it's a greater than zero chance. And yeah, I think, you know, maybe adding, a little bit of a different profile on the back end, too. Just a different stylistic fit, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, the one thing about the back end that's interesting is having more conversations here the last 48 hours is the organization agrees Broberg has to play. But the problem is there's Nurse Ekholm and Kulak. So if he's playing in the organization, it's likely in the American League next season, which is fine, but I'm I'm not sure that's ideal. So I, I wonder, because his cap hit doesn't help you clear any cap space. So if, is there a bigger deal where he becomes a focal point from a team who thinks, Hey, this is a guy that can become something. You'd obviously have to move Yamamoto and others in a package deal, but the the Broberg one, well, I don't think they're like actively, you know, looking to trade him. I think they're probably not untouchable. Oh, he's not untouchable. No,
1: no, definitely not. What kind of value would he have around the league? It's not, that's the problem is it's
4: not really that high because you don't know what he is. Yeah. People don't, and they need to see more. The problem is, so like the good thing is Broberg needs to play. And the bad thing is Broberg needs to play. If that makes any sense, like it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing. And the Oilers don't, they're not really in the, uh, the bleep around and find out category. If that makes sense, you Mm -hmm. can't afford to throw him a, a 40, 50 game run at this opportunity to have it, kind of bite you in the ass and go the other direction. So that's one of the things the Oilers have to weigh is as much as we might like the idea of Broberg, the execution of Broberg chewing off more minutes for us leaves them a little bit vulnerable. I think
2: I know it's fair.
1: Uh, CC Fogle talk about those guys that are on your trade targets board a little bit here. Do you, I mean, I, I guess this is maybe a redundant question because you said they're sniffing around a few things. If there is a splash that Ken Holland makes in the next three, four days more likely to be a forward than a D man. Yes, I think so. So right. a mean, right shot, a right shot right, forward. We right know wing likely. Yeah. Gregor was talking earlier about just how thin it is on that right side, especially if you move out a Yamamoto, So, not that you want to get Oilers fans' hopes up here. Could it go as high as a Konechny level trade, or is it somewhere between in terms of value, like a Konechny and a low-tier free agent ad, like in the middle there? Do you think they have interest in going as high as like a Konechny type move?
4: Um, I think there's interest. I think they're concerned about the cost and the significant price to pay to get him, and then to wedge. Like, what's the residual cost after mm-hmm. that in terms of the damage and carnage on their salary cap?
2: Yeah, I, I just, I like connecting as a player. When I look at Edmonton's needs, a $5.5 million right winger, I don't think is like, and to get him, you probably got to give up some decent pieces. You only have so many pieces. Like, you have the first rounder in 24, you have Philip Broberg, you know, maybe some will say Borgo. I'm not sure what his value is at this point. So, if you have to give up two of those pieces to get a right winger, I don't think that's the missing piece for the Emtonors.
1: Yeah. Uh, the reason I, and I know some people are itching, right? They're saying Pesci and Connectney as well. All of these big names. I like your point of, you only have so many bullets and this Oilers team, as it's currently constructed with the six D men they have. And even with the right wing depth, leaving you wanting a little bit more, it'll keep you in the hunt. At least it'll get oh. you. You'll be one of the best teams in the division. One of the better teams in the conference. <laughs> Maybe there's something to be said about keeping your powder dry. Wait till the deadline. Like, think about at this time, twelve months ago, Matthias Ekholm. Like, saying a pipe dream isn't even right. Like, he wasn't even on the radar as a guy who could be available. But then Nashville gets off to a bad start. Boom, he's available. Boom, you get a real big impact piece. Maybe it's smarter for Holland to just kind of sit back and say, "We're good enough as is. I have my bullets for the deadline. I could have even a little bit of cap space." I'll I'll just do something then. I'll I'll see what my needs are then. see how injuries break, all of that stuff. Maybe waiting till the deadline or play, even if it doesn't quite satisfy the quench for a big move in the moment or the thirst for a big move in the moment.
2: Yeah, like I think you can do both. I think you can look and if the right deal's there, then you make the right deal. But I, I don't think Edmonton has to make what I would deem as like a desperate deal. I don't think they're in a, in a desperate mode that they're like, oh my goodness, we have to come in in October and we've got to have every hole perfectly filled because they probably want to leave some ice time for a guy like Dylan Holloway just to see what he becomes. You never know. Like, I, I don't know how good Dylan Holloway can yeah. be at the NHL level at, at this point. So you kind of got to wait and see. And, and if all of a sudden you can find a guy and he can score you maybe 15 goals at 925K. Yep. Well then, uh, you know, that's a big difference, but I still think Connor Brown is probably is a more likely possibility than acquiring a guy like Travis Connect.
4: I don't think Brown's a very likely possibility. Huh? If I were handicapping it and I, I know Tyler just got upset and I know We that. have a
1: sign at the studio that's a countdown until I, Connor Brown I, I, gets here. I don't want
4: to be the guy that's <laughs> raining on everyone's parade. I just want to properly set and temper the expectations in the marketplace.
1: Which is... Um, Asking him to leave a significant amount of money that could potentially be on the table just to take the one year at Edmonton. I understand that that could be a stretch, right?
4: That's, and that's essentially what the Oilers are looking at. Small cap hit bonus incentivized deal that you are like, Connor Brown, come here and knock it out of the park. And when the cap goes up next year, you sign somewhere else. And everyone kind of goes in knowing that this is a temporary thing. Um, however, and sorry, I'm just, you know, dealing with some potential breaking news here. If that's why I seem distracted, not to tease everyone, but the other part of this is there are enough teams out there that really like Connor Brown that want to get him and are willing to pay him a three or a four year deal times three and a half or 4 million bucks, whatever the number might be. So like, let's, let's game theory this out on the Brown perspective to put a proper go on this. Let's say the Oilers are offering a one and a half million dollar base salary with the potential to earn another two and a half, just making these numbers up in my head out of the clear blue sky. And that brings his total to 4 million that, and you do it in easily attainable. Yeah. Like the Patrice Bergeron. Played, right. Yeah. You know, every 10 games, the guy gets another 500,000 bucks or whatever it might be. Um, Now, you're gonna to have to compare that four million dollars against even on the low end, 12 million somewhere else, or you know, you're leaving 12 million on the table potentially or more. And if and you're Connor Brown and yeah. you're coming off of an ACL injury, I don't know about you guys. As attractive as the opportunity is in Edmonton, my thought process would be: my knee feels great, feels unbelievable. I'm really excited to get back playing. But what if? I blow out my ACL again and my career's over. Am I really going to leave $12 million on the table just to bet on myself for one season? It's easy to sit there. I wouldn't. And I just think that the Oilers are going to take a hard run at trying to get him. But I think even they are a little bit pessimistic on the idea that they're going to be able to pull this off.
2: Well, I think there's a few things you'd look at is the, the Brown camp. Do they get insurance on his career? Because if you have insurance on it, well, that can cover you some of that loss, right? That can mitigate some of the loss. And then there is, because you can always look at it two ways. You can say, you know what? Yeah, I'm giving up that potential. But if I go in Edmonton and I get the bonus contract, whatever it is, let's just say it's three and a half total, whatever the number is. I have a decent, I don't have to crush it. Mm -hmm. He signed for 3.6 million before. He was not a 50 point player. No, he was just a 40 point guy. So let's say he comes to Edmonton and all he has to do is score 45 to 50 points. It's not crazily outside the realm of possibilities when you, when you consider what other guys have done yep. in that situation. So let's say goes to Edmonton on a one-year deal, then he scores 50 points. Well, now he's getting his money guaranteed. Is there a risk hundred percent, but there's also, it depends how you view it. There's the potential to even make more because whether he's playing with McDavid or dry that's just a, an opportunity you don't get very
1: often. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, going outside of Edmonton, Frank, before we let you go, who are some teams you may be watching with a close eye this week?
4: I mean, the, all the obvious ones. Winnipeg, Calgary, yeah. Philly, St. Louis. Uh, the
1: Philly thing, them maybe having an itch to move up. That's fascinating because you've been saying they like Mitch Koff.
4: Yeah, I think they're really intrigued about Mitch Koff and they're excited to meet with him this week the Montreal Canadians I just reported in the last hour are also confirmed to meet with Mitch this week. No one really like you can hear from friends and teammates and coaches and people that know him, but until you really get a sense of the player and there's been widely varying reports on this guy, I, I don't know what to make of it, but I think the idea that no one has yet really had that face-to-face interview is really intriguing to teams. And I think if they like what they see, it might change the specter of how they view the pick.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of bullish on each golf, man. I, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I yeah. think it's, I think it's highly worth the risk. Now one team, Frank, is that, it
1: really a right? Like, well, I don't think it back is. Back yeah. To, is it really a real, like, especially when you get into the six, seven the overall range, oh, like God. those guys have to go back to junior for a year. And then they usually spend a year in the minors. Like, Waiting an extra year Two to get is yeah. nothing.
2: nothing. No, Here, here's the one team, though, that I'm intrigued to see. They just got Jordan Stahl on a really good cap hit. I'm curious about the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they need to do something. I just wonder if it's this week.
4: Well, what is that something, I guess, is what I keep coming
1: to. Like, back is DeBrinkat to. enough of a something? You guys, I asked you that on the rundown a couple
2: weeks ago. You guys both kind of said, no, we're not, not big enough. I look at Carolina's Carolina's got players that if you look at teams like St. Louis and Calgary, who don't want to rebuild, but want to make moves, it matches.
1: Mm. Interesting. All right. Um, See, I'm
2: not, I'm not going to tweet that and don't read it, but isn't this
1: fun? It's trade season. So that's not going out.
4: It's not yet, but it may potentially be, but I don't want to tease everyone, but I don't really get to show you guys how the sausage is made. Oh, so. I
2: know.
1: That's well, what's going well, well, That'd be something we're teasing you, everybody. We're All teasing. Right. It. You need to have tweet notifications on for Frank Saravali. And there's something else. I can't say it. Damn it. Okay. All right. Uh, finally, the chat has been buzzing about wow. one name and it's Eric Carlson. What do you get the set? What's the market for this guy?
4: I think it's small.
1: Like who are we ta- Like there's been like a Florida thing that went around. Like, don't, don't see it. Okay.
4: I mean, look, look at Florida's cap.
1: Like yeah. they, they
4: now have, Ekblad and Montour are out for the first, potentially the first couple months of the season. They can't go and spend that money, yet they need bodies in their lineup to start the year. I think those injuries made it even less likely that Carlson could go there. I don't think the Oilers have had any conversation with the Sharks recently about Carlson. Ottawa, since they got Chikrin, they kind of don't even really have the room may like the one team I can kind of come up with is maybe the Washington Capitals, but they've already got John Carlson running their power yeah. play. Like I just, I really, I love the idea of Eric Carlson wanting to go to a contender. I just, I don't see realistic fits um, as to like how they can pull it off.
2: Well, a lot of it will depend on how much they're willing to eat to cap wise. Cause that, cause uh, like, I'll say this, if, if you're a team and all of a sudden the Sharks are, even if you get them at 6.5, so they're eating like five mil, let's say. And, and obviously, yeah, I think that'd be crazy for them, but let's just say that. as a $6.5 million. Like imagine if he was a free agent. Would he sign for 6.5 mil this summer? Without question. Without question for four years. So I actually think there's quite a bit of value in Eric Carlson. Now, I'm, I'm admittedly bullish on him. I knew his health is issues and now he's completely healthy. He's a different player. He was dominant. If you even go back and look at the last 25 games last year when he was healthy, look how good he played. Um, Obviously, I guess there's a risk because of his previous history and injuries, but.
4: Is there also a risk that this one season was just an outlier?
2: Well, yeah. And I don't think he has to score a hundred points. Heck if
4: he's an 80 point guy, he's good. Because the sharks were so bad and because their risk profile was non-existent that they didn't care what he did like go do whatever it is. Like go, go do something. That's a set. It's like kind of like me with my kids when I'm like, get a go. Like, just go do something when you don't have any, any other direction, any needs, like you, you, you're not winning games. Your forward group struggles to score. They're over reliant on him. And I think part of the problem is then now taking this guy and plugging him into a system that's predicated on playing some kind of defense. Don't you think that's problematic?
2: Yeah, I watched a lot of the Sharks games. I didn't. Um, well, why? well, there was da- yeah, there was days where I questioned what their defensive system was. I just want to say that, but um, I. I think Carlson with his skill set and his ability to, you know what, is he going to be on the ice for some goals against hundred percent? So was Kale McCarr. Look when Colorado won the Stanley cup, look at their the third and fourth rounds and see how many goals they were on. When you play against the best players, you're going to get scored on. It's just a fact. I don't care who you are. Um, you know, now Bergeron's maybe an exception, but the point is I look at Eric Carlson. I think there's lots of teams where if you can fit him in cap wise, he makes your team way better. Okay.
4: So let's like, okay. I love game theorying this out because I do this all the time on the phone. These are what my conversations yeah. are actually like with people. So let's say that you found someone that can find five and a half million dollars of space for Eric Carlson. Then
2: what are you sending the sharks? Well, that's, that's the big question, right? Is how, what did the shark, you're probably looking at a first rounder for sure. Okay. Right. For next year, which they is we're looking for three. Yeah. And
4: well, that was for only retaining 20%.
2: Yeah, I, that, so now you're trying to get them from 20 to 50, but here's the thing what you're asking for yeah. is always different than what you get. Ask any married person in the world. You always ask for stuff. Doesn't mean you're going to get, it. I want mm-hmm. a trio of right. Swedish
4: supermodels. Yeah. Like, that's not <laughs> yeah,
2: sure. It's not right. Well, it's very true. Um, I look at there. There's lots of teams that will. I want to be a size 32 waist. I come <laughs> well, on. Well, that is possible if you want to, but that takes a lot yeah. of work. So Just go walk around in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. A bit. He'll sweat, He'll sweat it out <laughs> by the time we're out here. Just wear a garbage bag. Yeah. We'll, we'll pay a hundred bucks to walk back to the hotel with a garbage bag on and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we'll have that. we'll have to stop with a gurney halfway to be yeah. passed out on this. It's really hot. Somebody it's like 32 degrees. It's already. But I look at. So honestly, what are you
4: giving the sharks that makes it worth their while to retain if off? you're set?
2: You want draft picks and you want some prospects, and you're gonna have to give them some guys off of your team that have one or two years left in salary just because you got to make it work, yeah.
4: Okay, so like let's say it's the Oilers, and let's say you're giving up a first round pick, and since we just had this conversation, Broberg and something else.
2: See, I, I think the only way, and oh, I'm not saying this is gonna happen, but I'm just saying if I'm realistic. You probably, the the only way you're doing it is if you're moving Evan Bouchard out because someone gave him a big offer sheet and now you've got the space, right? And then you look, because I'm not sure if Edmonton's defense needs Carlson and Bouchard. I don't think it makes sense.
1: So, but if you're getting, if Carlson's getting retained down to seven and a half and you're letting Bouchard go. But he's going to be a
2: $3 million player at least, minimum. Yeah, I I just. Then it would probably be Yamamoto because he's got one year left on his deal. Right? then you'd add in probably someone on uh, the draft pick, and away you go. But you'd have to, you'd have to be giving them back at least six million dollars on a. Now Carlson has that for four years. You'd be giving them players that probably have six million dollars on a one year left, right? Like maybe it's Vogel and Yamamoto. I'm not saying this is happening because I don't think Edmonton's in, but we're just spitballing here for one team. I don't want order fans freak out. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Think
4: I think it's really unlikely.
2: Not to Edmonton, yeah. I would agree wholeheartedly.
4: I think it's really unlikely. Any, if I were to handicap what is the percentage chance that Eric Carlson gets treated over the next 10 days? I think it's somewhere in the 10% range. I mean, Tell me, it, like Nate, go. You could be right. Finley and just Ottawa. Do the math. No, I don't no, think Ottawa
2: like, needs them. Look at their four defense. now. Yeah. yeah.
4: And not only that, but then look at what that team, they're probably not, it's not going to happen, but look at what their cap looks like if they were to sign to bring it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I or
4: anyone else, all of a sudden, you know, even taking off the seventeen yeah. million that they have, they still need uh, goal. two goalies. Well, one goalie,
1: yeah. unless they go Sogard Forsberg, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you're, and you're. Look at all
4: these forwards to sign.
1: Yeah, like Ottawa's I not so one. So go
4: go back to the cat friendly homepage. I'm
1: now controlling my computer.
4: Good. I'm controlling the stream. Give me the keys. Um, I can't really come up with a a deep list of Seattle. People.
2: Then are they? Are, would he go there? How do competitive? They have an yeah.
4: Authentic chance to win.
2: Yeah, I don't think they do.
1: I am. I want you to get this trade done, Frank, because I'm very excited. Um. Anyways, do you? Do you need to let you go? Do you want to go try to
2: finish this See, off? See here. What? Here's the one team. I'm here for this. That I think, if you want to maneuver things around, mm-hmm. if you can include Ryan Suter and others in the deal, the Dow Dallas Stars. Yeah. Makes sense. Now just Suter, they just went got Nils Lundqvist. So. Suter
1: has the no movement clause for the thirty-five plus, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the money would be interesting there, but mm-hmm. I can see them being itching to to make a make a big move here. Um, so the chat is just Frank. Ever since you did that, the chat's just been going absolutely bananas. Which okay,
4: well we're getting close. So if we stay on here long enough, I might be able to tell you. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then we'll, we'll keep going with this one. Uh, let's talk about the news we have gotten so far over the last 48 hours in a segment we are calling the News Desk for Papa John's. The code word, Gregor25. If you're a listener, or if you were a listener of the Jason Gregor Show. No, it's just Gregor. It's gets just Gregor. gets you Gregor. 25% off. Just the code word, Gregor, G-R-E-G-O-R, at Papa John's, going to get you 25% off your order. Maybe you want to like give, that. maybe you want to give their butter chicken pizza a try. Dude, Dude honestly. I'll tell
4: you what, I, I'm, so I'm, obviously I'm from Philly. But I have like a serious crush on the works pizza. Oh, buddy. From Papa John's. You get uh, works minus the Canadian bacon, which I don't know what? why they whoa, do in the whoa, US. Whoa,
2: whoa, Got to take that off. Get rid what of the Canadian is, bacon. Jeez. Are you like Ellis? Do you not have a palate that works all Come of a on, sudden? Canadian bacon's unreal.
4: No, but they got sausage and
2: oh, yeah. no, and it's peppers great.
4: and whatever else. It's but, pepperoni. But
2: I'll tell you the new butter chicken and it's got... And I don't like hot stuff, but it has jalapenos that aren't hot. But the flavor mix on the new butter chicken, and it's like $19.99. So do the math, 25% off. It's basically mm-hmm. 15 bucks. Yeah, basically. And uh, just use the promo code GREGOR before you order. And so uh, when you go to papajohns.ca, it's, uh, I guarantee you to try it. If you like to try things like Liam, who likes to try everything, if he had it once, he'd become addicted. There you go.
1: Uh, GREGOR is the code word to use at Papa John's. The news desk right now, like you said, a little bit quiet. A couple of moves from the weekend, though. Sean Dursey.
4: hold on, we'll get there. We'll get there. Go ahead, keep Keep recapping. I think we're gonna have something. Oh
1: man, I want you to do it so bad. All right. Dursey to Arizona. Things that sound dirty, but I'll- I know. Yeah, I knew you were gonna team me up yeah. for that. Uh, Dursey to Arizona is interesting. I think it kind of does show that this Arizona team is is ready to start is ready to start buying.
2: <sighs> I think well, I I'm not, You know what? I think it's one good move. I agree. They didn't give up a lot. They gave up a second round. Or jerseys, a legit NHL. There's no question about that. Um, I would need to see multiple moves before I'm ready to commit that suddenly the Arizona Coyotes. Now, I do believe there's lots of pressure on that team. If they want to stay in their market, they need to show some people that, okay, we're serious. We're not just going to be playing out of a college barn. We're not just going to be accruing guys on LTIR so we can get to, this, to, the, uh, to the cap floor and not play any of our actual players who are playing the game that the fans pay money to go see. I just It can't happen anymore. So uh, this is one step, but I would need to see probably like three more before I'd believe it that, okay, they're trying to actually become competitive.
1: I think they could take this kind of move like the Jersey one and almost like rinse and repeat it for a forward or two of that same level, right? Like a young guy who an organization for whatever reason and whatever the circumstance is open to moving, Like they're not shopping in the Debrinkat area. They're not in that aisle. What's your saying, Frank? They, they got Gucci. Do you send it? Yep. Breaking news. Get it.
4: Hit it, Frank. Let's go. Okay. So the Boston Bruins are working on a deal that will, this is interesting for the Oilers Nation audience, will ultimately include sending Taylor Hall to the Chicago Blackhawks. Baiting on some more details, trade is not done yet, but uh, certainly something that uh, is well down the track. And Uh, the Blackhawks are, we've mentioned, you talked about them right off the top of the show, one of the destinations that would be in the business of taking on some expensive contracts from other teams. And we've talked before about the idea of the Bruins needing to clear out some cap space. So I think there's more components to this deal, but Taylor Hall uh, expected to be at the forefront. And since we're, On NHL Awards Day itself, the I think 2018, our trophy winner appears to be on the move. So tough spot for Taylor Hall to be in going from a contending team in the Boston Bruins to a team that's rebuilding in the Chicago Blackhawks, but probably a pretty exciting idea to have a chance to play with someone like Connor bedard next year
1: yeah taylor hall two more years at six million dollars on the cap uh this is one you guys like to roast the ama travel trade machine this was actually one of the predictions no, last week come on. was yeah I want, I want aaron to pull up the graphic but this was one of our predictions last week because it just made sense from the perspective of your chicago you need to have talent there you cannot just oh, run no. him out there with like No disrespect, but like Jujar Kara being high up in your depth chart, that can't happen when you have Connor Bedard. And not that they're going to push to be a playoff team next year, but getting a guy like Hall, a veteran who, even like from on a personal level, has gone through the experience of being a first overall pick, has gone through the rebuilds in Edmonton. I think this is just a slam dunk fit for the Hawks.
4: As as our guy Bag Milk just said, does this mean that because they're getting Hall that they're going to win the draft lottery again next year?
2: That's also part of it. (laughs) Well, I think the streak ended though, so... Might yeah. have to start over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean... Because he wasn't part of the organization that won this year. Yeah,
4: but
1: no, as long know, as he's in the mix, the next, he wins. Yeah, he wasn't uh, in the mix. If he's in the All mix, right. maybe he okay. wins. Uh, interesting that stuff. be crazy, by the way. Taylor Hall going to Chicago, Frank Cervalli, breaking it right now while we were doing the Papa John's news desk as well. Everything lined up very nicely right there. I
4: wasn't te- like That's exactly what I just showed you guys. Yeah, it was. So I, I wasn't teasing. I just said it wasn't ready yet. So Guys, sometimes you got to let things, this is how the sausage is made. You got to let things percolate a little bit.
1: This is why I never say anything when we're doing these shows and I see you sitting <laughs> like this.
4: Yeah, I know. Never. How, I know. I know to let him cook this guy. It's
1: the old saying, <laughs> hold up, let him cook. Uh, Frank Cervalli breaking the news live on the show. Um, what else for Chicago do you think? Also, here's another one from Boston's perspective. If you just got clean out of six mil,
2: Orlov Bertuzzi, where are they dancing? Yeah, see, Bertuzzi is an interesting one to me. I, I I think they like him there. I think he likes it there as well. I, I think there's some intrigue for him to want to test the free agent market. Orloff, to me, it's going to be about term. Like I like Dimitri Orlov a lot as a defenseman, but how how much term would he get on the open market? Because if he wants to stay in a competitive team, how many competitive teams are there that that have the cap space to go out and get him? So like, I'm I'm intrigued about him. I if I was Boston, like Boston, you know what I would argue they don't even they need a center more than they need either one of those two, right? Like who is their center going to be in Boston next year if Krejci and Bergeron don't return?
1: <laughs> I might play. Well, we have
4: uh, Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle, yeah,
1: and teach David Pasternak how to win draws. I don't know. They would have to do something faster next on plates. I know.
4: No, I know, <laughs> but I think that kind of outlines the point though. Like the Bruins are in need of some major
2: surgery. Oh, hundred percent. And they got 4.5 dead calf space. Cause of bonus over just
1: yeah. Uh, question in here on the YouTube chat. Before we let you go, Frank, the Calgary flames were expecting them to be pretty busy over the next couple of days. Oilers fans have been loving the idea of Tyler to because fit wise, he kind of is exactly what they'd be looking for, right? The cap hit is somewhat manageable. He scores yeah. a ton of goals, but that won't happen. It's just right? so
4: unholy to even think about. It's like
1: but Lucic for Neil. There was the Bressois trade back in the day. It's like the Having Stos dirty deal. thoughts
4: in church. I mean, okay. just, you can't, you can't go
1: there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. If a he played for any fit. other team, we'd be talking about
2: him as a legitimate option. But at four point two five, I don't think he is. I think the cap hit's too high for Edmonton. Yeah, I'm a one out. Yeah, maybe. All right, even if Yamamoto goes, I yeah. just. If I'm the Edmonton orders, I think getting a $4 million winger is
1: not priority. Number one, Sergeant battle and D white want to know the odds. Should they shouldn't get their hopes up for what? For Toffoli. Just don't even, don't even start
2: thinking about it. Don't daydream.
4: It's like a 1%. chance. I'd
2: say there's a better chance that Frank is walking back and forth every day to our hotel in Nashville. No, no, no,
4: no. I like. I already want to burn my clothes. Like, I actually need to get through the week. I brought a carry on. I didn't check a bag. Can't check a bag.
2: No. Well, Tyler except Tyler. Did I have
1: so many. It's insane. Yeah. But anyways, all ended up. But all ended up working out. And I'm lucky. I got our Tyler's intern. like
4: traveling with your mom. He's got shoes and makeup. I have one
1: pair of shoes. I didn't even bring dress shoes. I I'm just rocking these everywhere we man. go. Really? Oh yeah. Mm. They're nice shoes. That's you have three a thing, bags. Man. Can
2: you do that again? How can you not fit a pair of running shoes
1: or <laughs> uh, dress shoes in one of those other three light bags? Uh, Frank, first, first looks free. The rest you got to pay for when it comes to those bad boys. <laughs> no, uh,
2: <laughs> no free. Because no Gregor, I have the. There's like four backdrops. These are like yeah. coming. But there's not coming. you couldn't just slide in a pair of dress shoes in one of those bags. Not at all.
1: Really? I, I was. So I had the one big red bag and I was sitting there in my basement measuring it out, like weighing it because I knew it couldn't be more than 50. And those other two bags don't have a lot of space in them. So I was like moving things back and forth. It was, all right. it was okay. intense. Uh, all right, Frank, we'll, uh, we'll let you go because we, we kept you for long enough, almost 40 minutes here. And hey, you, this is
4: what it's all about. You can't have fun doing this, wedging some time for ON every day. Why are you even living?
1: All right, there you go. Uh, Frank Servali for ON every day. We got a new trade machine coming up, but we'll be right back. Right, there you go. Frank Seravali's appearance as always. Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca. Back inside the sports closet studio. If you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan and uh, maybe you want to go get yourself a Taylor Hall jersey, our friends at the Sports Closet can absolutely help you out, whatever you need. Uh, I saw Liam's comment asking if these are my red shoes. Wouldn't you call these red Gregs? No. What would you call them? Um, that's like purple. Ah, you're crazy. You're all crazy. That's not red. I'm the only one who thinks you've used them as yeah. red. But,
2: that, uh, see your suitcase? Put the shoe beside your suitcase.
0: That's there's different
2: red. colors are a spectrum. Yes, that's not on the spectrum
1: of red. Okay. Uh, AMA Travel trade machine. You know it. You love it. Shout out to amatravel.ca. I got a trip coming up in September that I booked through AMA Travel. Yep. I am going to Toronto on Thursday, watching the Jays for three days. Buffalo Bills Home Opener Sunday. Fly Home Monday. AMA Travel makes it easy.
2: Where's the uh, Bills plan?
1: Bills Raiders. I'm okay. It'll be a, it should be a decent little football yeah, game.
2: Picking one where you should win, smart. Yeah. Uh, smart. Th- that is always the key when you're watching your team out of town. You uh, want to see them win. Hey, speaking of, um, of trips, many of uh, your listeners, viewers, tomorrow the NHL regular season schedule will come out and uh, you could start planning. Your trip, yes. uh, I know. Uh, I know you like to go on the roadies lots. Yeah. Uh, this year, so we'll we'll see which good uh, weekend Friday or Saturday night games. Although they don't all have to be that, but uh, ideally, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh,
1: my dream goal for our AMA Travel Nation vacations next year, like we'll get Vegas. Vegas will get done, but my dreams Nashville would love to bring a crew down to Nashville again. Great party spot. I think I'd like to do Seattle, so I'm hoping the schedule makers give us like a Friday or Saturday. Seattle or Nashville game so we can make the nation vacations work. Because, bring, can you imagine 30 to 50, 60 Oilers fans coming down and taking over
2: Broadway? That'd be something. Well, Broadway would be great. The thing about Seattle is just the facility itself. That's what I want to see. To see it, I think uh, when you... I've never seen a stadium like it, but on the street level at the one end of the rink you literally can stand and it's like you're you're at like some minor league arena and you're looking in watching it's crazy that's cool it's absolutely mind-blowing and you know obviously with seattle you know there's there's other options if you want to see a football game potentially um maybe you want to see a, a baseball game although i'm not sure the mariners um you know that have to be pretty early in the yeah, year because yeah. i don't see the mariners It'll being to there. Be playoff uh, game. The year. yeah and I don't, I'm not sure I'll see the Mariners in the, in October. Uh, all right. The trade machine
1: today, we cooked up a little three-team trade for you. Okay. Greg, so you got to tell me who says no to this. It's between Calgary, St. Louis, and Aaron, flash it up here. Calgary, St. Louis, and Philly. Calgary gets Sanheim. St. Louis gets Hannafin. Philly gets 25th overall from St. Louis and a fourth from Calgary to make
2: it all happen. Who says no? So... Is a first and a fourth like a twenty-fifth and, and, and a fourth? They're basically trading Sanheim for a twenty-fifth and a fourth. I think that's not enough. Yeah, I don't think that's enough for Sanheim. I think they like the other two teams. Hey, you're you're each getting uh, Calgary, I think for sure, because Hannifin says he wants to go, and you're going to get a guy under contract. What has he got? Seven years left on his yeah. dealers? No, no. Sorry, it, it starts because that's why they yep. can trade him, right? Because there's no move doesn't start till then. Calgary would do it for sure. I think St. Louis would do it because they're giving up a twenty-fifth. Uh, pick, which might help you in five years. I think Philly would need more. Philly
1: would probably want a little bit more. That is uh, fair enough. Let us know in the YouTube who says no. I think for Calgary, if you're trying to keep that competitive window open, if you could maybe even, I'd say try to find a couple deals like that, right? You swap Hannafin for a guy with control who's in his prime. Maybe you could find a way to do it with a piece like Lindholm as well. If Lindholm goes, no, I'm not resigning. I'm not coming back. Maybe you could find a good young forward in another organization. Like I, I look at what LA did. And I just go, that's got to be the blueprint for Calgary and even to an extent Winnipeg, where you have these guys, a core that it, it's just not working. You need to freshen up. But your rebuild doesn't need to be Philly, Anaheim, San Jose. Your rebuild can be what L.A. did, what the Rangers did.
2: Yeah, a little bit of a, a quick retooling. And now the Rangers it helped because they won a lottery, although those young guys haven't necessarily crushed it out of the park yet, but they also got the Adam Fox trade. So that's, you know, that's, it's kind of like a kale McCarr on a, on a little bit of Mm -hmm. one rung lower potentially, you know, they bring in Panarin as a free agent that obviously worked very well. So I look at Calgary and like, if you could get Sanheim, like to me, you get a Western Canada boy who's under contract for a long time. That to me, and we talked about, I talked about it earlier today in the rundown with Frank that I think I said, look for Philly, Calgary. I think that's a, there is a trade there. There is definitely trade possibilities between those two, right? Because if you're Philly and you're going scorched earth, you're like, okay, if we get Hannafin, then we know we can flip him later, right? And you could also get something else, you know, some draft picks and Calgary, because Calgary's going to want some contract stability. And you want Sandheim's not old. Right, you don't want guys. I don't think they would have signed all. Well, maybe they would have, but I honestly believe if Calgary had signed all four of Toffoli and Backlund and lend all of them to extensions that were minimum four years, I don't think it would have worked out well. Personally, so there might be a little bit of silver lining here for Calgary in the fact that they might be able to, you know. And I don't think they have to trade Backlund this summer. I think that's a guy you can trade at the deadline. I don't think it's a big deal, and unless you're in the playoff hunt, and then if you lose him, like. How much value does Michael Backlund have right now at the age of 35? Not a lot. He's a guy who I think you hold
1: on to. And then at the deadline, you find a contender who's like, hey, that guy for two and a half million, he can play on our third
2: line. And the other thing, some guys might be like right now, after the year it was in Calgary, they're really annoyed. You know, you bring in uh, Huska, who's a very, very positive coach, complete going to be different personality. And I think Calgary, one of the biggest under retrievers in the NHL last season. And did Daryl Sutter contribute to it? Yes. But I think it's too much of an easy scapegoat to blame everything on Daryl Sutter. I think that's a little bit too easy. So I think there's a group of players there that want to rebound, right? I firmly expect that Huberto is going to be infinitely better next season than we always last year. That's going to help you a lot. And so, and all of a sudden Ty, that it changes now guys like, Ooh, this is fun place to be again. Right, And, you know, during the year, there'll be the announcement, probably officially, suppose it was supposed to come in September, October, that they're going to have their arena. Now, that might not say Backland, but it might have other guys saying, "Okay, we're two years away. Now we get this new facility. Oh, man, I want to be here for that. So things can change quickly if if you're Calgary. It's not ideal for Craig Conroy, but I don't think he has to just be like, oh, my God, I got to leave Nashville and I got to have Hannafin gone. I got to have Lindholm gone. I got to have Toffoli gone. I don't think it's that desperate. Uh, just catching up on
1: the breaking news that Frank Saravalli broke on our show, Taylor Hall, going to the Chicago Blackhawks. Chris Johnson says the Hawks were not on the 16 teams that Taylor Hall had on his no trade list. So they actually didn't need his permission at all to make this deal happen. I'm kind of sitting here going, who are the 16 teams that Taylor Hall would have put on there if the bottom feeder Hawks are? But I guess the destination is a prime one. So,
2: Well, I think it's the city. I think now, if I'm not mistaken, usually when you, you have till June 1st, every year in June 1st is when you reset your okay. list. Oh, right. So, cause it doesn't carry over. Like you wouldn't set it June of last year and then not get yeah, to change yeah. it. So you get to change it every year. I'm pretty sure it's June 1st. At least that's what it is for most contracts. Sometimes even earlier. Yeah. So you set it for that technical part of the new season. And by then they would have known that he had Bedard coming. Yep. That's good. Point. Right. So he looks at some teams and is like, okay, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here. And then it comes down to, well, and he might've been, sometimes you don't put on a team because you think, well, they're not going to trade for me anyway. So I don't want to waste a spot on him. So maybe that was it, but Chicago is a great market. Um, I, I, you know, there's the opportunity there to, to be with Bedard and, and kind of help him. Taylor Hall was a guy who was the number one overall pick, right? He's won a heart trophy. You know, he's had some up and down. He got traded at a the time. They didn't want to be traded. So I think there's there's lots of, lots of life experience that he could potentially help Bedard with. And he's got some skill, and you want Bedard to play some guys with skill. Like, hey, you're Taylor Hall. You say, hey, I'm going to get to play with Connor Bedard. I got a chance here to have some pretty decent seasons. Yeah, 100%. Uh, there, uh, I got to think there's more pieces of that trade, though, by the yeah. way. Like, I don't think it's just
1: going to be Taylor Hall. Um, actually, Darren Dreger is reporting that the UFA rights to uh, Nick Felino are included in this one. So Darren Dreger sending that out there. Uh, right now. So there you go. That, the UFA rights? Yeah. He's a, he's
2: a pending UFA. I thought he had term left, but he doesn't. Well, that's an interesting part. Like he doesn't count on you. That's an interesting one, I guess. Yeah. Now Felino, I'll say this. If you're a rebuilding organization like Chicago is, Nick Felino is one of the greatest human beings you will find in the league. Hmm. Like a genuine good guy. So if you're trying to rebuild your organization and you want to have good quality people, Mm-hmm. Then that's a guy, because it's not just about winning right now. I don't think they're there yet. So they're like, we got to have guys with the right attitude. Nick Felino, you get his UFA right UFA rights. You obviously he, you know, you probably talk to him now to say, hey, maybe you want to come here. Now, maybe at his stage of his career, he's like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna sign for less and be in a competitive team. But at least Chicago, that's probably like a small throw-in part of the trade because what are we talking about? Five days to negotiate with him exclusively? Yeah. I think we're having
1: some video difficulties, but everyone can apparently still hear. We've gone more than an hour. That's my computer telling me that uh, we've been doing too much work here. Quickly, a Betway other sports report. There's nothing going on. There's like six major league games today and that is about it. But the Jays are back in action tomorrow. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to break down some draft pick bets that are available on Betway as well. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Jason Gregor, his appearance brought to you by The Brick. Go check out what they have to bring your outdoor space to the next level and help you get the perfect patio, outdoor dining, conversation, sectional sets, barbecues, outdoor TVs, all of it at The Brick. And Papa John's, code word Gregor is what you're going to want to use there. Greg's 25% off papajons. Yeah,
2: There
1: you go. Sherwood Ford, Star Mechanical, AMA Travel, who brought us down here or brought me down here to Nashville and the Sports Closet Studio. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. See you tomorrow, noon Mountain Time.